online gathering, wherever you're at today, uh, I know many of you are sitting in your daytime PJs, which I understand is different than the nighttime PJs. You've got to change those out. But I'm so glad that you're here joining us today on Facebook, on YouTube. By the way, we're streaming both to Facebook and to YouTube, so you can join us wherever you'd like to this morning, and we'd love to have you join us. But this is an unusual season and an unusual uh, situation as we live in a time called uh, social distancing. And so many of us are feeling the effects of being distanced from our friends, of being separated this morning and dispersed this morning from our church family and dispersed from so many different places. And this morning, I believe that, that God has a word that he wants to share with you. And it's funny how it works because these days, we feel like we're living on islands, right? We're in our own little bubbles. We're on our own little islands. And the reality is that so many people, even when it's not quarantine season, live just like that. They live separated from other people, separated from community. But one of the great things I love is that through the use of technology, our church family, though we are scattered, we're able to gather together. And so thank you for joining us from wherever you're watching today. And we're so glad that you are here today. And this morning, we're going to continue. I've been teaching through the book of Acts in a series called This Is The Way for the last many weeks. And today, we're going to continue that series and the series is all about this idea, that church is not a building. So how beautiful that as we find ourselves in the middle of this season, at a point in studying the, the history of God's church, where God's church was sent out and scattered, that we are multiplied and scattered out into our cities as well. It's a beautiful season, and I don't believe it's by mistake that God has us in this moment. Um, and we believe that church is not a building, church is a way. And so this morning, as we study this series called This is the Way, the title of my message is this, Jesus Heals. And somebody, I believe, somewhere today needs to be reminded of this truth, that Jesus Christ, the same Jesus who healed the sick, who, who made the lame to walk, who opened the ears of the deaf and the eyes of the blind, that same Savior is available to us today. And so though our church is scattered, we don't believe that God is just in one place, we believe that God is omnipresent. So right where you're at, taking your selfie with your family this morning so you can win that awesome toilet paper. Aren't you excited? Uh, <laughs> we, there's, it's an amazing thing. And, and so right where you're at, on your couch, in your living room, in your car, wherever you're watching from this morning, this evening, whatever time you're even watching this, God is with you. And that is the truth this morning, that God is with you wherever you are. And we get to participate in the move of God and what he's doing in our planet Earth. And today we get to do just that. So uh, I'm going to have you pull out your Bibles. You're all at our home, right? So uh, I want you to go look for that Bible. It might be on that dusty bookshelf. Go grab your Bible, pull it out. Uh, and, and it's probably under those books that you haven't read in a while. Grab that Bible out, pull it open. We're going to look at Acts chapter 4 today, and we are going through the, the chapter 4 of Acts. And uh, while you're turning to Acts chapter 4, I want to remind somebody in the house, somebody listening today, that Jesus came to bring healing to the broken. He came to bring hope to the hopeless and is the only way back to God for all who have wandered and strayed from him. So this morning, as we, as we talk through God's word, I just want to remind somebody today that Jesus Christ came to bring you healing. 
He came to bring you hope when you feel hopeless. And he came to be the way and is the way for every single one uh, who's wandered away and strayed from God. And by the way, that's every single one of us that have done that. And, and I don't know what the purpose of this whole season is about, but wherever you're watching from today, wherever you're listening to the sound of my voice from, I want you to hear these words. Jesus came for you. Jesus came to make a way for you. He came to bring healing to your body. He came to bring wholeness to you, spirit, soul, and body. And he came to give you hope in the midst of hopelessness. And so this morning as we dive into God's word, I just want you, someone to hear that word because I believe that's a word for somebody today. Acts chapter four, we're gonna pick up in verse one. And it says this. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Now remember over the last, the last chapter of Acts, we see G, uh, Peter and John, they lay hands on this sick man. They pray over this man who was lame from birth. He couldn't walk at all. And suddenly, miraculously, he leaps to his feet and he's praising God and he's telling everyone everywhere, God healed me through this name of this guy named Jesus. I don't know who he is, but he healed me. I was healed in his name. And so the Sadducees and the, the priests of the temple, they came upon Peter and John as they're teaching about Jesus. Verse two, and they were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Now, I want you just to imagine this. I want you to imagine that, that there's two men that are teaching about Jesus and suddenly the police come in and arrest those men. What do you think would happen to the church? What do you think would happen to the people of God, the followers of the way? Well, check out what it says in verse four. But many of these who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. See, here is the reality, my friends, and this is a word that's as true today for us as it was for them, that God can take our setbacks and use them as divine setups for his glory. But we have to allow God opportunity to take our setback and to use it for something good. See, the Bible says over and over again that God can take all things. Don't matter if it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. He can take all things and work them together for the good of those who are who are called according to his name. And this is the hope that we have, that sometimes what we observe as a setback is really just a divine setup for God to do something way more extraordinary, way greater than we ever would have imagined. And this is the reality. See, God says there's things that look like setbacks that I can do something even better because of. And sometimes what seems like a setback with God can be used for something greater. And again, friends, I, I don't believe these words are just for today, but I believe these are especially potent today. Some people look at the season of time that we find ourselves in and the, the restrictions we have on our movement and, and all the things that are taking place, and they feel like, man, God, I wish you'd seen this coming. God, I wish you'd seen this coming. But the reality is that God already knew this was coming. God is, is already preparing to do something great. But here's the problem. Sometimes we allow our problems to loom larger in our mind's eye 
than our God. And instead of seeing God as being bigger than our problems, we see our problems and all we can see is those things. All we can see is quarantine and all we can see is how many people have been infected and all we can see is maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, man, our finances and my bank account is empty and, man, I'm not working right now. And there's things that we see and sometimes we allow our problems to loom larger than our God, but the reality is that there's no name above the name of our God. There's no name above the name of our God. God is higher. His name is greater. And so this morning, I want to remind somebody that it looks like a setback, but God's got something. He's setting you up for something even better than you could have imagined. Sometimes we allow our problems to loom bigger, but God is bigger. See, there are people in this world, and by the way, that's what's taking place in Acts chapter 4. There are people that we might call them haters, But there's people in this world that will look at the faith you have in Jesus Christ and they will mock. They will scorn. They will say, come on, dude. How can you believe in him in this moment? And I just want to remind somebody today, ignore those voices. There's going to be people that mock. There's going to be people that hate. Ignore them. See, verse 1 through 3, it says that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests They were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. See, these Pharisees and Sadducees, these priests, they didn't like the name of Jesus. And by the way, there's people in our day that don't like us talking about the name of Jesus as well. But there's something powerful in the name Jesus, as we're going to talk about more today. And when there's people that, that, man, they these... Sadducees, they come and they huff and they puff, but they can't blow God's house down. They huff and they puff and and they they try and push over the move of God, but they can't stop what God is doing. And I just want to remind you today that where the enemy seems like he's, he's, he's stirring things up, there's nothing that can stop the move of God. You can say amen right where you're at. I can't hear you, but your neighbors can. Come on, say it loud. Uh, There's nothing that can stop the move of God. And this is an amazing thing. And I just want to tell you, there's nothing that can slow down the plan of Almighty God for his church. There's nothing that can stop the plan of Almighty God for your life. There's nothing that can stop it for any one of us who are called according to his name. And I just want to say this word, God's got this. In fact, right in your houses, I can't hear you from next door and across the the city, but I want you to just yell that, God's got this. this. Hey, I got my sound crew here. They're yelling, God's got this. Come on. See, I believe that God has got this whole situation under control. And sometimes I don't need to remind God because he knows he's got it. But sometimes I got to remind myself, God's got this. So I can let go of the controls and say, Lord, what are you going to do? See, because when I know that God's in control, I don't have to be afraid about what tomorrow holds for me. I can just say, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so amazing, Lord. What are you about to do? And we can live with that excitement, that anticipation of knowing that God's got this. And sometimes I got to remind myself, sometimes I need to remind the devil, hey, God's got this. You think you're winning in this situation, but you're not. God's got this. See, what I love is that this in Acts chapter 4 is the very first moment of Christian persecution. And what does it do to the church? Does it cause the church to shrink back? Does it cause the church to run and flee and run and hide? No, no, no. The early church thrived. 
although they, mar- they probably had to do things a little differently. And I believe that this is a season in a, the American church where we're having to do things a little differently, aren't we? Some of y'all are sitting on your couch and your PJ saying, yes, pastor, that's right. <laughs> yeah, this is a little different than normal. But, but I'll just tell you that, that when there's pushback, I believe God says, I'm setting you up for something great. And in this moment in time, there was a, there was a pushback. And we see that God's people don't shrink back after they are pushed, they rise up. And God's church grows. What does it say in verse four? It says that many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. See, I ask you this question, what is God wanting to do in the midst of this season? See, even in hard times, God can grow his church. And, and his church is just a movement of his people. And I ask you this question, and sometimes I think we have to ask ourselves questions. When the first persecution came, how much did God's church shrink? Did it shrink by 5% or 10%? By the way, in Simi Valley, when we're doing church in person, when it rains, we see church, that people just can't get out of the bed, right? So, so when the persecution of God's church shows up, how many people stop coming? Is it 5%? Is it 10 No, no. What do we see? In God's economy, it doesn't work that way. It goes the opposite way. We see 5,000 men added to the church. Doesn't even count the women and children. There's 5,000 people added to the church. Not only do we not see decline, but there's exponential growth. And here's the, here's the spiritual reality. That sometimes it looks like things on the outside are going to crush the move of God. But let me just tell you, nothing can stop the move of God. Not one thing can stop the move of God. No virus can stop the move of God. No persecution can stop the move of God. There's nothing in all of creation that can stop the plan of God for his church and the plan of God for your life. And so I want to remind you of that today. Sometimes we feel like, man, there's no way I can get through this. But God says, I've got this. I just want to say these words. I ain't scared, church. I ain't scared. Wherever you're watching from today, maybe you're living with a little bit of fear. Maybe it's a low-grade fear But I just want to tell you, I ain't scared. I'm not scared for God's church. I'm not scared for your life. I'm not scared for what's going to take place in our nation because I believe God has got this. In fact, somebody shout that right in your neighborhood, right in your house. God's got this. Come on. There we go. I got three people. Do I have you on your couch? I want to hear you say it. God has got this. And this is the reality that no matter what takes place in our world, what seems like a setback, I believe, is a setup for God to do something great. See, all across America today, there's uh, almost every single church in America is, is meeting online or, or finding new ways to gather together across our land as we try and stop the spread of this virus. And there's some that will look and they'll say, ha ha, God's church is going down. But I believe that the best days for God's church are still ahead. I believe that God has got this. And we see that God's church every time is pushed God's church surges, and I believe God's going to do that same move in our church. Would you, would you pray that prayer? Would you pray that God would, would send forth the harvest in the midst of this season to our church, to, to our brothers and sisters around our city, to the brothers and sisters across our nation? Would you be praying as you have an intentional kind of a Sabbath of rest? Would you, would you join with me in praying for our nation, in praying for God's church, because I believe God has a great work in mind for his church. And I believe God has been raising up an army for such a time as this. 
As I shared with you this last week, those of you who are, are getting emails from the church, if you're not, go to newhard.us and there's a link there you can sign up. But, but I shared with you, I feel like God is calling us in this season to be light in a darkness, to be light in the darkness. And it's not just my words. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus tells us that in the midst of darkness, whatever sort of darkness is around in our world, he says, I want you to be the light. Wherever you go, I want you to bring the light of God's love with you. And I believe in this season where God has intentionally and strategically taken his gathered bride, his gathered church, and scattered them into the neighborhoods, and today you're meeting on your couch instead of in this building. And I ask the question, why, God? What is it that you want to do? How is it that you want to use those individual points of light? Not just one big gathering of light, but God, how do you want to use those individual points of light to impact and transform our neighborhoods and our worlds. And I believe God is calling you to be light in the darkness, but you've got to allow God's love, the light of God's love within you to shine bright for the entire world to see. See, here's the reality, that there is absolutely nothing that can stop the move of God for your life. There's absolutely nothing that can stop the move of God that we call the way as we are people who follow Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life. There's nothing that can stop God's church, but we've got to keep pressing forward and keep moving forward. The story continues in Acts 4 or 5. It says this, On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? In other words, who gave you authority to do this? Who gave you authority to do this, they said. In verse eight, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, he said, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed, done to a crippled man, and by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all people everywhere and all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This is the name that brought healing to this man. This is the name. And, and by this name... What Jesus, what Peter is proclaiming is this truth. He says, may the world hear that Jesus still performs miracles. May the world know that Jesus is still in the miracle business. That, that, that the same Jesus, the same God who, who breathed creation into existence, the same God who, who brought healing through the hand of Jesus Christ of Nazareth when he walked on earth in his earthly ministry, the same Jesus even that healed during Peter's day is here and available today because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want it to be known, may the world hear Jesus still performs miracles. 
Some of y'all are in need of a miracle today. I believe that, that God's church is praying for a miracle on this virus that we're facing. <clears throat> but I want you to hear these words. Let it be known. God, Jesus is still performing miracles. And I, I believe that there are some people in our world today, there's some people listening through Facebook, through YouTube today that need to hear this word. Jesus is still able to heal your brokenness. Where you've got brokenness in your body, Jesus is still able to heal. And some of y'all are in a need of a healing touch from God. Maybe you're sick, maybe you're infirm, maybe you're, you've been struggling with an ailment. And I believe that Jesus Christ is still in the healing business and is still able to heal your body today. And, and I believe that with every fiber of my being. Some of you are in need not just of a, a healing touch for your body, but you're in need of a healing touch for a hard relationship. Maybe you've got a relationship that, that man, you've just been praying about and you're struggling with, and maybe it's with a spouse or maybe it's with a child or maybe it's with a, a relative or a friend or a coworker, whatever it is, and you've got, God, I need a touch. I need a healing touch over that relationship. It's toxic. Here's the deal. I believe Jesus Christ came to bring healing for us, spirit, soul, and body. Whether your need is a physical need and you've got something in your body that's out of order, Jesus Christ is our great physician. He can bring healing to your body right there, right on your couch in your PJs this morning. He can bring healing to your body, but he can also bring healing to your soul. I believe there's so many people that have been struggling and are struggling in this season in particular with a cloud that looms over your head. You feel like, man, there's, there's something that's just looming over me. I feel the, the cloud of depression, of anxiety, you name it, whatever you want to call it. But there's some sort of mental cloud that's there. God wants to heal you, spirit, soul, and body. And there's some today that, that hear this word, and you're still far from God, and the Lord would want to remind you that he can heal you, not just physically, not just emotionally, but also spiritually. And God wants to bring healing and restoration for your body and for your soul and for your spirit that you might experience a relationship with God. See, let it be known. He says these words very clearly. He says, let it be known. And I just want to proclaim that to the internet, proclaim that to the world. Let it be known that Jesus Christ is still healing broken people. And sometimes it's easy for us to feel like, man, I've gone too far from God, or man, my mistake is too big, or, or my struggle is too overwhelming, or my situation is impossible. And I just remind you, there's nothing impossible with God. Nowhere, nowhere we can go that's too far from God. God is reaching and speaking to you right where you're at, right now. You don't gotta come to church. Church came to you today. And that's the reality is that God came to you and God is available to you right where you are, right now, right here. So I just wanna pause for a moment and pray for healing in Jesus' name. Perhaps within the sound of my voice, you're like, I need healing, pastor, but I, there's no one to lay my hands on me. I, I can't come forward to the altar right where you're at. Would you, just, would you just lift up your hands if you're in need of prayer? I wanna pray a prayer over you. You can lay hands on yourself. You can have your spouse lay hands on you, but let's just pray that the Lord would bring healing in Jesus' name because we believe that God is still in the miracle working business and somebody needs healing today. Father, we thank you that you are a God who can bring healing to our brokenness. Jesus, the same power that raised you from the dead wants to give us eternal life. And Lord, where there's healing that's needed to take place all across our nation, all across this land,
land, Lord God, even in our city, Lord, I pray for healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe that by your stripes we are made whole. And so, God, where there's people that need a healing touch from you today, Lord, I pray for healing right where they're at. God, I thank you that you're such a big God. You don't need us to come to a special place. You don't need us to go anywhere special, but you can touch us right where we are. So right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for healing over all those who are broken and listening. And by faith are saying, God, I believe in the power of the name Jesus to heal my broken body. God, would you bring healing in your name? Amen. See, I believe that there's some people today that have lost hope. They've lost hope that this season will ever end. And I'll just tell you, there's, there's little bits of that in my flesh. They're like, man, is this ever gonna end? Am I gonna be stuck on my couch forever, right? Am I ever gonna be able to go see a movie again or go bowling or go to the, go the places that I wanna go to? And I just wanna remind you that that Jesus Christ is our reminder that no matter how dark this world may seem, no matter how troubling our circumstances might feel, that Jesus Christ is the only hope we'll ever need and that his hope lasts forever. I wanna read this next point and then we're gonna look at the scripture. I'm gonna go out of order, but is that Jesus is the only hope for the world. He's the only hope for the world. There is no other name above his name. There is no other name above the name Jesus. There's no other name. And Jesus Christ is the only hope that this world has now and this world has had ever. Sometimes we, we look at the face of the things we're struggling with and we think, man, there's, there's no way we can get through this. But Jesus is the hope of the world. We're gonna read Acts 4, 11, and it says this. He continues and says, not only is Jesus the one that healed this man that stands before you, but verse 11, he says, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only hope that this world has and the only hope that this world needs. See, this world is filled with amazing teachers. In fact, you can just scroll through Facebook and scroll through YouTube this morning and find uh, that this world is filled with great teachers, secular and, and spiritual. There's great teachers. This world is filled with pithy orators, people that can speak in great words and, and eloquence. This word is filled with excellent communicators, but there is no other name above the name of Jesus Christ. There is only one way to heaven, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men by which we may be saved. See, there's no other way to God. And I need to remind somebody in the house today, or in your house today, not in God's house. God's house is with you today. But this morning where you're at, that there is no other way to God. See, I can't get you to God. The only thing I can do is point you to Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There's no great teacher that can get you to Jesus. Only Jesus can get you to Father. There's no other way to God. You can't earn his love. 
There's other religions that will teach you and tell you that, man, if you work hard enough or you try hard enough or you give enough, then you'll get to God. Then you'll get closer to God. Then you'll open up access to the Father. But the reality, Jesus said it, and we got to take him for his own word, that there's only one way. And this scripture today declares that there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. It's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus. There's no other name. He is the name. The God of heaven said there was no other way, so he made a way. There's no other way to God. That's why this coronavirus, I don't believe, hurts the church one bit because the name coronavirus is not above the name Jesus. The name, the name sickness is not above the name Jesus. You might be struggling with cancer. The name cancer is not above the name Jesus. His name is above all names. And at the, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. See, the God of heaven is available right where you are. And there's no other way to God because right where you are, sitting in your PJs or maybe you're in your Sunday best, by the way, that's a great thing to do, get dressed and then just sit on the couch. But wherever you're at, whatever you're wearing, Whatever your circumstances look like, the God of heaven has come to remind you of this truth that God is present and the God of heaven is available to heal your brokenness. He's able to bring restoration to those things that have been destroyed in your life. Those things that, that have been overrun, God says, I came to redeem. And where we've wandered away from God relationally, God says, I've come to save your soul eternally. See, there is no other way. Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. He is the way. Jesus is the way. And so as followers of this way, we follow after him. And, and you don't have to take my word for it. Jesus makes this claim in John 14, 6. Jesus said to them, he says this, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus is the way. There's not many ways to God. There's not a few ways to God. There's one way to God. And it's through the, the faith in the name, faith in the one who came to redeem our lives from the pit, faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. See, Jesus says, I am the way. And there's a reason that, that the early church the early followers of Jesus, they called themselves followers of the way because Jesus Christ is the way. And as we follow after Christ, we follow after this way because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And this morning, wherever you're watching from, whatever time you're watching this, today might be your day to put your faith in the only Son of God, Jesus Christ. Today might be your day of salvation, the day that God is calling you from separation from him to be called beloved into his family, to be adopted as his son or as his daughter. And maybe, maybe you're listening from wherever you're listening from this morning and you've already put your hope in Jesus. Maybe for one reason or another, maybe it's the situation we find ourselves in as a nation. Maybe it's something else that's rocked you. You need to be reminded that Jesus Christ is the only name. He's the only source of hope for our lives. And there's no other name above his name. As a follower of the way, sometimes I need to remind myself 
Sometimes I need to remind my trials. Sometimes I need to remind the devil that God has got this. And so I don't need to worry. I don't need to fear. I don't need to live in anxiety. My, the world around me might live afraid. The, the people around me might be, might be struggling and might be dealing with hardship, but I don't have to be afraid because God has got this. There's no other name except the name of Jesus. This morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that wherever you're at, that God would touch you, that he'd heal your brokenness. In fact, would you just pray with me right now as we respond to the Lord. Father, we thank you that, that you are such a good God, that no matter what setbacks we might experience this week, this month, this year, feels like 2020 is off to a bad start, Lord. But Lord, whatever setbacks we might face in the coming days and weeks and years, Lord, I pray that you'd show us how this is a setup for something you want to do in our lives. Give us eyes to see what you're up to because God, we believe that you're up to something. And we believe the plan that you have for our lives, the plan you have for the church, the plan you have for this world is greater than any plan we could ever fathom on our own. So Lord, I pray that, that for your people, wherever they're gathered this morning, in their homes, in other places around our city and nation, God, I pray for your people that are listening to my voice that you'd, you'd remind them that you've sent them to be beacons of light in their neighborhood, in their households. God, I pray that we would be the light. Though we are not gathered together today in person, we're gathered together in spirit and in heart. And Lord, I pray that for those that need a touch from God that you'd remind us that you are wherever we are there's no place we can go from your spirit. Even on our couch, you can even touch us there. And Lord, I pray again that you'd remind us that, that those of us who carry heavy burdens and are dealing with anxiety, Lord, today I pray that you'd remind us that you're the God who wants to take our burdens from us. You said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. So Lord, I pray a season of divine rest over your people today. God, I pray that, that you would use this as a season of rest, even for those who don't yet know they're called according to your name. And Lord, maybe those this morning that are gonna decide to put their trust in you, Jesus, for the first time or come home to you today. Lord, I pray that this would be a season where we learn to rest in knowing that God, you've got this. And Jesus, you're in control. And so Lord, I pray that over I pray that over everyone who listens. Lord, may this be a season not filled with hopelessness, not filled with despair. Lord, may our eyes not be fixed on those things that are circumstantial in front of us, the transient and temporal, but Lord, may our eyes be fixed on the eternal, on your domain, on the place where you dwell, because we believe that you are the author, you are the perfecter, you're the beginning, and you're the one who, who, who makes our faith thrive. And so, Lord, in this season, I pray we fix our eyes on you. And finally, as we pray and as we seek you, Lord, if there's anyone that's listening within the sound of my voice, and you've never made the decision to put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, you've never, you've never said that, God, I want to give you my whole life. Jesus, I want to surrender every bit of me to you. God, I want to follow you. Jesus, you're the way. I want to follow the way. 
I want to be a follower of the way. If you've never made that decision, you've never, you never said, God, that's what I want for my life. Today is a day of salvation for someone. And today I want to, I want to pray with you that God uh, would, would grab a hold of you right where you're at. Because there's no place we can go that's too far from God. And all we need to do to come back into a right relationship with God the Father is to put our hope and trust in Jesus. So where you're at this morning, if that's you and you've never made that decision or maybe you've wandered far from God, I want to invite you to come home to him. And it's as simple as praying and asking Jesus to be your savior. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross. Just as the scripture declared we read today that you died in my place for my sins, that the father raised you from death and that you are seated with him in the heavenlies and you made a way for me by faith to come home. Jesus, I believe that you are the way. Jesus, I believe that you're the truth, that you're the life, that no one comes home to God except through you. So today, Jesus, I put my hope and my trust in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, wherever you're joining at this morning, I want to thank you for joining us. If you made a decision to put your hope and trust in Jesus for the first time. We'd love to know how we can agree with you in prayer and we'd love to know how we can resource you. We've got on our website, newheart.us. You can fill out a connect card. Let us know you were watching. As Pastor Rebecca shared in the beginning of our gathering, we wanna know that you're here. Uh, you can see me, but I can't see you. So please comment on this post and this video, share it for your friends and fill out one of our connect cards on our website so we know you're here, you're watching with us. Thank you so very much for joining us and I can't wait to see you again next week right here online as we gather Sunday at 10. God bless you and have a great week.